Hi, guys. Such a special thing we're doing on today's podcast. Sam, Phil, and I catch up with Josh Gondelman, who's a fantastic writer and comic. Hope you enjoy. You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. We know nothing. 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 So give us a call. We'll give it our all. Because if there's one thing we know, it's how to pick up the phone. We know nothing, but we'll try. There are no bad ideas in brainstorming. Hi, welcome to We Know Nothing. You've never met Anya Marina. We're in the middle of an argument, but I feel like it's a good time to start. I just want to say I am so touched by my being here. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be another Radisson yeah. Oh, we're on the air? Uh, yeah. To my right, the gorgeous, handsome, Ugh. fashionable wow. Phil Hanley. Thank you. That was a little understated, but you... I appreciate what you're getting at. Good beard, soft, looking nice, love thank the haircut. You. Have oh, you thanks. seen our girl? I, I love I your did. beard. Your I beard, did. your girlfriend's a lovely woman. Thank you. No, we have a similar <laughs> hairstyle. We have the same, uh, we get our haircut in the same her. place. Yeah. If I could, I'd have her on here because she has the coolest voice I've ever heard. She has a very nice voice. She, If she was introducing Sam, it would be like this. She talks like 20% louder than everyone else and it's very low is this right yeah it's low yeah and it's uh she's a deep yeah. uh, voice we she call that like, a hillary clinton it's like deep and long uh yeah. which yeah. brings me to sam okay. that's what i'm describing that's what oh, you beat me to it <laughs> the okay. hilarious tall sports loving sam morell yeah. everybody fresh off the heels of Handsome, something a man of love a man of passion yeah. Deeply, deeply in love. I passionately hate you, bro. <laughs> I've had it, bro. I've had it. And, well, let's get to the guest. Oh. oh. I'm sorry, Anya. I'm sorry. I'm We're going to in one second. Oh, okay. In one second. Okay. Oh, Jesus. That's right. The I've Had It, Bro theme song written specifically for the two men in my life, Sam and Phil. Mm-hmm. Right in time for Christmas. Yep. Or Hanukkah or anything else. But... Get it for the Canadian you hate. <laughs> you can get that uh, on my band camp page. I think it's anyamarina.bandcamp.com or bandcamp.com. I can introduce our guest or not, Anya. Jesus Christ. Well, um, we got a great guest. We're so excited to have him. He is, here's my intro for you. Uh, he's a writer and comedian from Boston who now lives and works in New York City. He was a preschool teacher. He has a lot of experience in porn. <laughs> no. yeah. Okay, that's not right. They but used he, to call him Donkey Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> right. I show a handle. That's true. But the problem is uh they wouldn't let me do porn anymore after I killed that donkey. So. Yes. <laughs> uh Josh Gondelman, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's so nice to have you. This You're also big. a writer for last week tonight, which the guys are huge fans of. I think it's, I think kidding. it might be the best show on TV. I would oh. say so good. That's really kind of you guys to say. It's like very nice to be a part of. It's uh it's real fun and good to be there. It's. I mean, it's like he's like uh, he's pretty much doing the best political show on TV. Yeah. I would say, don't you? Yeah, think? absolutely. And it's one of those shows because you meet people that write for shows, and that's always impressive. It's a great job. But if you we meet someone who writes for that show, you're like, holy fuck, that's great. How, yeah. Thank you. Was it something that you were trying for a long time, and how did you? I've been there get kind out? of since the beginning, which is exciting. Yeah. So it. I. I'd been trying to get staffed somewhere in in New York specifically. It was like my goal. I was applying to late night shows and then uh it was my good fortune that when this show started up they needed a whole staff instead of just like hey one guy left this show do you want to apply nope never mind we took his friend <laughs> sorry right. so it was right. exciting to like get there was like a there was a need for people and i was a person how so extensive it was, <laughs> was your packet <laughs> it was pretty extensive it was and it was uh 
I had to like raise my game in terms of news awareness. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I uh, because I'm not a super political person, and my comedy certainly isn't. But like when I'm doing stand up, but it was uh, I. And it's like a noticeable drop off when we go on hiatus for a week. I have to like do an hour of cramming before I can come back right. to work, or else I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, Spain's weird, right? Faking <laughs> <laughs> through it. But you're a kind of a purist joke writer, though, and that kind of helps. Yeah, I like. I think that it's fun. I like. I love writing jokes, and so it's a nice place to be because there's like a lot of need for jokes, and it's fun too because I, I think I. You know, I tell some stories and stuff on stage as well, and it's like a nice hybrid of these long form pieces that we get to write, and then kind of peppering them in with jokes. And you, I think, being on stage helps you get the feel of like, oh, we need a joke here. Like right. that's how I develop yeah, that yeah, feel. Yeah. Instead of just like, uh, well, that wasn't funny, so I guess we won't write a joke. It's like, no, we got to get something here, or else people are gonna check out. And I think the only way you get that innate kind of sense is from doing stand up, right? That's how I got it. I mean, maybe there are people that on staff that have worked in television and stuff longer than I have and get that feel from just like having uh-huh. written a lot of scripts and knowing what it looks like and feels like on the page. But that's how I developed it of like, oh, like reading through it, that feels like 45 seconds with no punches. So yeah. like, let's tighten that up. Yeah. Or, you know, when it's a script I'm writing, I don't say that. I don't go into the other writers and be like, come on, snappy. <laughs> hey, Oliver, <laughs> today. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, everyone there is wonderful. How big is the staff? There are nine writers plus. Uh, are some of them non-comics? That's what I heard. Yeah, mostly it's not people that do stand up. Is it sketch people or improvisers? It's um, some people that have that experience, but it's not a lot of people that are like out performing. There are a couple of comics, Jeff Maurer and um, Kevin Avery are do are the most out consistently. And then there are like people who have done a lot of performing. And people I heard who, some are just straight news people though too. Is that true? None of the none of the writers. Oh, okay. Yeah, there are some people on staff that are like news researchers okay. that, yeah, that are, have a straight news backgrounds, but like all the writers are like comedy writers. So it's people who have written for like Colbert and the onion and, um, uh, vanity fair and all sorts of different places. What was the thing with Trump when he kind of said like oh, that man. show stinks or something? And yeah. Like, yeah. You were never invited. Oh, it was the best. It was so <laughs> funny to me that he, he must've, gosh, he just tweeted. He was like, I was asked to go on last week tonight uh, with john oliver's low-rated boring show and i won't because it's not worth my time and i like i laughed out loud reading his Uh tweet and everyone in the office laughed and then there was like a brief hush of like wait nobody invited him on the show (laughs) and then like there was a whole office thing about like no we never invited him on it was like okay now we can respond Uh because it would have been so terrible if someone for you know accidentally had sent as part of like a group email to whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone was like, there was like a moment of like, Oh boy, this could be bad. Right. <laughs> but then it was just like, no, obviously that never happened. He's such a caricature of a person. I saw, do you see what he tweeted when Ronda Rousey lost? No. He's no. like, I'm glad she lost. <laughs> Not a nice person. <laughs> he wrote, what? He wrote, glad Ronda Rousey lost. Not a nice person. Can you imagine a president talking like that? No. He's just such a, he's such a low class, petty bully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, th- that show, I-, I love that segment you guys did on uh, Canada. Yeah, the the, I was just going to yeah. ask you about that, the Canadian election. That, that was, thing, how did that come about? Like, how would something so big, so great, what, how did it you. start? So it's something like that we kind of like had on the calendar being like, oh, that's going to happen. So let's get ready for that. And then it's just kind of like keeping track of things as they unfold and 
writing drafts. I had very little to do with that, but I, it was so it was like super fun because I could enjoy it just as a, a fan, you know, because I was working on other stuff that week. Yeah. So I could just watch that come together and be like, oh, this is so fun. What a great thing at, to get to watch. Like, at, I really liked it. At what point would you get Mike Myers in? To do it? <laughs> it was, I think that was like a couple days before that he was like, yep, sure. And uh, came into town. I think came into town to do it. Maybe he was already here. He seems like such a cool guy. He was so nice. A couple of the writers, I was already across the street back at the office, but a couple of the writers um, were able to like talk with him for a minute. He was like incredibly kind and such a legend. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. intelligent too. Here. I was yeah. listening on Marin. Doesn't I was like, man, what a bright so guy. Much. Yeah, he's Maybe smart. he does. Maybe he does yeah. live here. I think he lives in New York. But oh, he's, does like, he? quiet about he it. He came in something. wearing uh, like for <laughs> rehearsal and I didn't know if it was what he was going to be wearing on the show. Big Mape. Uh, uh, yeah, Maple Leafs. Jersey. I was gonna guess yeah, that's what he wore. For sure. that's hilarious. Yeah, that's how I picture him when he's yep. not in like character. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, just he's like a big he's hockey a big, fan. Yeah. So how often, or as they call it in Canada, football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how, what's your work week like? It's um, I go. In, I'm in Wednesday through Sunday, and uh, it's like pretty reasonable hours. It's uh, usually I get in around nine thirty, leave around six thirty. And then you get to do stand up still. After? Yeah. That's well, why I saw I saw Josh so at a festival show on a Friday. Oh and I yeah, ca- I missed you. I, I like walked in as you're getting off stage. Oh, that's all right. It's but, you know uh, same garbage. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. No, that's all right. But <laughs> if it came in, <laughs> what if he got, what if he got really purpose? mad at me over that? He's like, "Fuck <laughs> you, like, dude! I'm sorry, you son of a bitch." No. But uh, yeah, it looked like a, it looked like a hot crowd. It was really nice. Bellhouse is so fun. Oh, Bellhouse, Bellhouse. Yeah, it was on Grolix. The so like Ben Roy or Ben Roy was sick, but it was Andrew Orvidal and Adam Caton Holland from Denver. I think Adam said something about Paris that night, which I thought was pretty classy at the end of the show. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I missed what he said. I, I I'm gonna mess it up, but it was along the lines of like you know this is. You know, it, I'm gonna butcher it even saying it, but it was like something along the lines of, you know, the show must go on. This is this is humor's part of life. Right. You know, what happened is a tragedy, and and we're thinking about them. It was, it was along those lines. But. That's cool. Yeah, it was. I, they're really great dudes, and they have that show coming out. I think in February on True TV. It's their first scripted thing. I think. Um, yeah. How do you write in a comedic way about? I guess this is a question for everybody. But working on a show like that, how do you write in a comedic way or find the humor out of tragedy? Oh, man. Well, I mean, Paris, are you asking? Yeah. John Oliver did a great thing this week about Thank it. Thank you. I mean, I think that that came directly from him and our executive producer, that the little piece on Paris. And I think it was just, like, very sincere. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing. I mean, like, I think to me specifically there's a value to sincerity and, like, saying when you're dealing with, like, sensitive stuff to, like, say what you mean and not try to be, like, glib or overly clever about it. And, and I think that was, like, you could tell – that that felt heartfelt. Yeah, Absolutely. and angle is everything. I mean, it's like he picked the he uh, he attacked the terrorists with jokes, and he defended France with jokes. I mean, uh, the angle is everything. He made it heartfelt and funny. Yeah, I, I mean, because to come at it like too silly, you know, or too um, ironic, it's just like people. I think at the end of the day, like no matter how good a joke is, it's like a real thing that like everybody's right. yeah, thinking about. Of course, hard. and people are still processing. Yeah. For processing sure. it. Well, yeah. they, they said they're in a state of emergency for, I think, three months. So it's like, think about that. Yeah. Think about 9-11, the effect in New York. And then you think about, like, I was watching CNN last night. This one was, like, so upsetting. These, like, two Muslims were on the news who own a mosque in Florida, and they're just getting these insane death threats. Like, one of the guys yeah. who called him was like, these... He's like they played his message, and he was like, "I should come down and shoot you in the fucking head." Like these oh, are pe- peaceful people with families, and the the guy. This is the irony: the guy doesn't ex- understand. He's a terrorist. Right. That's what terrorism right. is. Yeah. It's using intimidation. Right. Yeah. You know. So 
So th- these people are the very thing they hate. They're such idiots. Mm-hmm. And then you feel bad for, you know, the Islamophobia that's going on. It's going to be going on in France. Because right. I remember it post 9-11. Yeah, it, it when people were just getting like beaten up yeah, for yeah. being Dudes Muslims, would just like mm-hmm. be at, pumping gas at their own car and just get the shit beat out of them. Yeah, it's, like, so sad. And then scary. think about what's going on in France, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's there's as Josh is saying, there's a, there's a time for recovery, mm-hmm. and then but then if you pick the angle, humor is part of making things right again. It's part of healing. Um, you remember Greg Giraldo's joke after nine eleven about he knew everything was going to be okay when he saw his first bachelorette party. And he's like, oh, they're never going to change the American way of life. Like he, he's like, they can stop, but they can't stop this pack of, you know, of Jersey girls from going in. We're going, Gina. I don't care what those fucking Mexicans did. Oh, my God. I remember watching SNL after 9-11. I think oh, it was like heartbreaking. Yeah, it was so heartbreaking. What, what Paul Simon did that. Uh, did uh, oh, did yeah. you do the boxer? Maybe it was that, yeah. yeah. I just remember it was, it felt so good to yeah. watch it. Yeah. Are you, are you, are, do you think that there's going to be like more on Paris? I mean, probably, right? I don't know. I think or ISIS at least. Yeah, I mean, I guess there will there will be more information unfolding, and that's not a closed story. We're um, excuse me, we're done. We have one more show, and then we're done for the year, and then come back uh, on air in February. So, like, I think, I mean, so many things will be so different by then. Wow, yeah, that's the news cycle now. It's changed yeah. completely. Yeah, it's, How many like, weeks on? Where we this year do did um, thirty five shows. Oh wow! Yeah, and then next year it's around the same amount. I think you must love that because you get to be a stand up again, like full time. It's nice. Yeah, it's Will you really go on the great. road and stuff. Yeah, I'm doing a little bit on the road cool. and uh, recording a new album. Which oh, I'm cool! Where for. are you yeah. going to record the album? Uh, in Boston at this little theater. You know Ryan Donahue. He's, He's a great funny. guy. Yeah, very funny great, guy. Really yeah. funny dude. Great dude. And he runs a show at this little theater. And it's such a great... I think Dan Boulder just announced Yeah, that. he did. Yeah. And oh. I, I was there at the end of his recording and I was like, I, maybe I'll record here. And Boulder was like, you gotta... I did a show in that, in that room yeah. and it was freaking fire, man. It's awesome. It's so good. I was supposed to do that. I was like, it's like the sickest I've been since I was like a kid. Oh, no. And I didn't get to do that last year and I felt really badly. It'll, I'm sure I'll have you back. Yeah, I'm I didn't. Like, I haven't reached out, but yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, I've heard it's. He was very uh, cool about because I felt so bad, but uh, we got. I got Mike Racine to do the gig. Oh, great! Yeah, but uh, yeah, I heard that's great. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> All right, Mr. Charitable. Uh, <laughs> well, I like I to. I, like to I, I don't want to make a big peasants, deal about it. Peasants, who wants my uh, turn down gig? I'm I Phil Hanley. I've had make, it with his smugness. I've make, had it, bro. I've had it. Sorry, Josh. Mm-hmm. We hear about the greatest show on TV later. <laughs> Every once in a while, we have some, to just... some podcasts are sponsored by Audible.com. This one is sponsored by Sam's Hatred of Family. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my hatred paid a little better. I'll tell you. But, uh... And then, uh... oh, cool. Okay, so what's the date? We'll plug that. When are you recording it? Uh, December seventeenth at Davis Square Theater. Oh, cool. So that's soon. Yeah, Boston. Really get out to that. It's gonna yeah, be great. Thank yeah. You. It'll be really fun. Do you know Sean Sullivan? Great he's, guy. Yeah, and he's funny open, guy. So yeah, yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, opening for me too. And that'll Great be guy to have again. open. He's yeah. like he's like one of the pride of Boston comics, I love right? He's like so funny. He's yeah. part of like that new wave of like really funny Boston he's guys. He's so funny. And he's like, he's got um, kids and he's, I think, is mostly in Boston. So it's like he's one of the, like, if he's just so funny and I've known him for the whole time I've been doing stand-up basically and it's like so great to see him like kicking ass and becoming... Because I, if I didn't leave Boston, I would have just been like 
featuring for these same you also guys forever. Don't feel like, like a Boston. You don't feel like he doesn't feel like a Boston act because he's too nice. And these Boston <laughs> comics are so fucking mean. And and like I mean I can't imagine what Boston open mics were like. I feel like. I, this is rare it's like to the say. Departed. I heard they were like the Departed. <laughs> it is very much like The Departed. You just, before you can go up, you have to promise you're not a cop. <laughs> yeah. That's most people's intros. This next guy's not a cop. <laughs> this next guy's not a cop. <laughs> Where's your Sue Costello accent? Oh, she's great. I, I, I love the Boston accent. I, I do it just like mostly for fun. I had a slightly stronger one when I was a kid. Do and it, it mostly got wiped away in college. But my, I do it mostly for my girlfriend. We have a little pug and she sleeps in bed with us. Oh, my God. And I think I saw you these on your instagram oh yeah she's super cute um so we're in bed your last pug night or yeah. the girlfriend my girlfriend is lovely our pug is who i was talking don't about try to bait cute. him on our podcast <laughs> wow. on your oh, god yeah. damn it wow. i've had it sis yeah. <laughs> what's your pug's name busy b-i-z-z-y oh that's cute yeah that's she's a real cute. cutie i'll show you a picture do you have to really be careful with them so they don't fall um, like she's, Maria Bamford's. Oh yeah, we should keep her away from the water. <laughs> yeah, what pugs, is this? The Westminster Yard Water Like pugs, animal have, hospital. They can die easily, right? Yeah, she's oh, very thanks well. for placing well, that, that idea. Anyway, oh, this oh, is the talking podcast. He's got a lot going on. Jeez. You tell him he can die. Our, our <laughs> guest is Josh Gondelman, not Michael Vick. On you, Jesus Christ. Obviously, Josh is taking good care of Busy. Imagine a vicious pug fighting ring. It's a great. DePaulo is a bit something about that about how like. Uh, it's always like it's never like rich white guys it's always rich black guys you know how it's never like Bill Gates you're like ah my, my poodle lost drown him in a cappuccino maker <laughs> uh, so take oh, so us we're, back to you and Busy so we're, we're about to go to sleep and the dog farts as happens and I just yelled I go uh, I go ah quit farting at your dog ass <laughs> <laughs> and laughed it's like maybe the hardest I've ever made her laugh <laughs> I think I just love, the, fart the jokes phrase are great. dog ass is really funny too. Yeah. <sighs> imagine Farts are fun. Yeah. I'm tired of people telling us not to make fart jokes. Don't make fart jokes, man. I feel like... Fuck you, dude. To me, the, the one that you always hear is like, oh, that guy's act is nothing but dick jokes. And it's like, oh, you mean the thing that like every... That you need to make life? Like, and yes. the thing that like people yeah. are constantly complimenting me on. Yeah. You think that goes back to the foundation of comedy? Right. Read I, any freaking ancient like comedy play and it's yeah. like dick jokes, fart jokes, uh-huh. like fluid. I mean, yeah. it's been it's around forever. I did yeah. just see Henry VIII, the night of the Paris attacks. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, Henry IV in Brooklyn. Great show, all women. And it takes place in a prison, but it's Henry the Fourth done this way. Uh-huh. Uh, is this super- called Orange is the New Way? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Henry is the New Fourth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. It was there were so many jokes about like yeah. vaginas and because it's funny. It's always funny, right? I don't mean just dicks. I mean I think sex jokes are people like talk down to them. It's like no, yeah. that's like the funny thing that everyone can relate to all the time. That's I take true. sex so seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I agree. No, I. No, when I, Phil I, I, is uh, making love to hairless uh, boys. Did he you guys really... see the National I come Lampoon from a tantric background. movie? The what? Did you see the <laughs> tantric background? Did you see the <laughs> Lampoon movie? National Lampoon. It's like stoned something. Oh, I have the like the coffee table book, but I haven't seen the movie. Oh yeah, I saw it. And oh, the documentary. I did not like it at all, and I felt like, am I just not getting this? Am I not the demographic? Because I like a great joke a dirty joke uh-huh. you know that i do but the whole movie like maybe i just never got that national lampoons magazine the whole thing is like a bunch of to me privileged white guys 
that went to Yale or Harvard or whatever and uh, just like drew pictures of dicks and cum and tits. And after a certain time, I was like, this is boring. You know what? You know what's weird about National Lampoons is like Animal House was great. But it kind of spurned all these shitty follow-up movies. Like it's like when something great comes out, and then like like you know, it's like that's also responsible for like Harold and Kumar two, the rise of Taj or whatever it's called. Or yeah, Wilder two, then Wilder two. So it's like it's weird. It's this weird situation where like it's like the same we were talking about Bill Hicks before. He's mm-hmm. a great comic, but then it inspired all these like really annoying clones. Yeah. There are some people where you see like what their influences are, and you go, "No, we only needed one of that." Yeah, guy. <laughs> exactly. Do you think that happens in all kind of all fields, like with music, it happens, and with art, and uh, yeah, I think it does. That's I mean, but I think that's just an example, yeah, like, yeah. of one that, that's like excessive. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, there are some though that I like get that I'm totally fine with the knockoffs, where it's like you know, there's like a whole genre of bands that just sound like Springsteen. I'm like, great, bonus yeah. Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> Always that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching it. Just go. There was this one part where they were like, "Oh my god, it was the best. Those years were the best. We were just all together there, like doing coke, and like you know, Ben would walk out of the office and pull his dick out and <laughs> shove it in Doris's ear. It was great. Oh. And I'm watching the movie, just going, that just sounds dumb. You're right. That's not. You're like, that's not a dick joke. That's sexual assault. <laughs> that's that's that that yeah. people laughed at. People just exactly. laughed at sexual like, assault. I don't think Doris enjoyed that very much. But uh, cool that you guys made a lot of money. Um, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> it is hilarious that that's like, you're like, you guys want to make some jokes? Like, no, slap him in the face with your dick yeah. <laughs> when oh, he least suspects it. I don't think you know what jokes are. <laughs> this is something you would do no matter our reaction. Yeah, there's no, there's no punchline. Yeah. There's just a punch in the eye with your dick. Yeah. I also never, like, this is unpopular to say, and maybe if oh, I revisit this. It's not going to be racial, is it? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. But if, if I revisit it. <laughs> I might like it, but growing up, I never liked Monty Python. And I know that you're supposed to like Monty Python, right? If you like comedy. But I never got it. Like, it always kind of felt like it was over my head. The sketches or the movies or both? Um... The movies, like Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. I remember like watching it at like 15 and just going, I don't get why this is funny at all. Like the guy w- walking like with his, like pretending he was like a horse, like clock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I, like, I, lo- I loved Holy Grail, but the other ones like didn't resonate with me in the same amount. I, I Yeah, I feel the same way. I just, it didn't, it, I know it's considered great, but it never, and I, we're speaking blasphemy right now, but it never spoke to me in a way like a sketch show like Mr. Show spoke to me or right. like, uh, I don't know. It, it's... That's what humor is. It's like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying certain things. Personal just, I, I liked a bunch of the sketches too, but the the movies, like to me, the Holy Grail was like way above the um, Life of Brian, and then what was the other Meaning of Life? Yeah. yeah, which I think I saw. It was super dirty, and I watched it with like my uncle when I was a kid, and we were both like, "Let's turn this off." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a conversation. <laughs> I gotta go. Tell, uh, Josh, tell us about uh, the uh, uh, like the modern day Seinfeld uh, Twitter account. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. So that was it's just such a silly thing that became it's like it's hugely successful yeah right? it was wildly it's like much more popular than me uh for sure and it's just like everyone a, knows what it is yeah it's a very silly idea that i was just tweeting how, from how did my it own come account. about though how did it so happen I was, I was tweeting from my own account just like I, so it was a conversation i had with dan bulger uh, like years ago about who he said you know if they had the cell phones on seinfeld 
they there you would lose half of Seinfeld. And I was like, no, you'd lose like five episodes, but then you'd get a million more. <laughs> That's and like what they did with Rear Window. They made it with cell phones, Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. And oh, like, yeah. Well, now the movie fucking sucks. Right. The whole idea is that you couldn't get – now they're like, oh, we got no service, you know? No, Right. And that's its own horror, but it's like a petty, <laughs> yeah. like it's bougie lame. horror. It's a lame yeah. writing, yeah. yeah. So, so no self-insight, but yeah, because it's like all about miscommunication. Right, exactly. So it's not about like the point isn't like, oh, no, we we can't get in touch because uh, it, what movie theater are you at, right? That could still happen. It's yeah. Like, right. But it's like heightened by a phone being – one person's phone being out of battery, you know what I mean, and not being able to make it to a movie is like an urgent thing we can all agree on for comedy, but not for like horror. It's like, right, oh, no, right. my phone's out of battery. It's like, <laughs> well, you should have charged it. Now you're going to die. Sorry, bro. Um, Can I read a couple of my favorite ones? Sure. This is so funny. At uh, you should follow Modern Seinfeld, by Can the way. At Seinfeld and Josh Gondelman's uh, <laughs> tweets are so funny too. Yeah. Thank at you. Seinfeld today, uh, Jerry re- refuses to give Kramer his Wi-Fi password. George starts a war against organic food. <laughs> Elaine dates a Romney son. Uh, <laughs> that's great. I love this one. Um, Elaine accidentally does a British accent in a job interview after marathoning Downtown Abbey. She gets the job and has to keep faking it. That would actually happen. Thank you. Yeah, because yeah. they have like the Murphy Brown one. It's like he's kind of updating it. It's just perfect, you know. And they have the JFK son. Yeah, uh, JFK. yeah, yeah. The JFK Junior. So Romney son is it's like funny because right, it's, like, it's right like what do you the... do with a Romney son? Right. Just drink decaf coffee, probably. <laughs> do you have you watched them all every Seinfeld app? Maybe I'm not a hundred percent sure. Honestly, I was not <laughs> like as a young person a completist. Like it wasn't the I, I came to it late and then like kind of filled in with reruns and stuff. But I really, I mean, I really like it and I love that they. My favorite thing about Seinfeld was always that they could take a thing that's like and make it feel real and like put a put a name to a thing to a phenomenon like a great stand-up bit does like oh that's a close talker now we all know the word for yeah. that that's or like true. yada 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 that's like a seinfeld thing that like everybody says like we did um huh. I, I was pitching a thing about re-gifting recently and that's like such it's such a thing that's just in the culture but that like was invented that idea was invented on seinfeld or the you, don't, word. you don't realize the impact it had on you but yeah. it's, it's part yeah. of our language yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah it's it's amazing it's the way they i think he should have trademarked that he could have made some money in his lifetime i know man it's so sad that he died a pauper isn't that what happened <laughs> yeah. did you ever hear the seinfeld story someone told me this it was a comic i guess he did a gig in canada and he was driving back a car, a car in probably some awesome car. He was driving back home. Jerry. Seinfeld's road gigs are probably very different than ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, he's driving back, yes. and the guy in customs said, God, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I've had your bullshit, you know? I'm, I'm up to Amtrak. But uh, so he, uh, the, the guy at customs says, so do you have anything in your car I should know about? Do you have any? And he, and he says, I have $80,000 cash in a briefcase. And the guy doesn't know who he is. And he's like, $80,000 cash for what? He's like, I'm a stand-up comedian. He's like, for $80,000? And Seinfeld just goes, I did an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. Great. I love that. What a story. That's so good. Oh, I man. I had, going through customs, that's crazy. Uh, a thing one time, actually, where I was, it was like before I was professional at all. You know, it was years ago. And I was driving cross-country with a friend. We'd been doing it like four or five years. So it wasn't like we were terrible, but it wasn't, we weren't touring making a ton of money so we'd driven cross country and we're driving back and we ended up accidentally going because the gps sent us through 
Ontario from Detroit to Buffalo by accident. Oh shit! So, yeah, so I we're going through. Oh, no. I don't have a passport, so we go. We hit and the Canadian side lets us in right away. They're just like enjoy Canada, and uh, <laughs> we weird. drive through. Yeah, we get back to the states, and they're like, "So what were you guys doing?" We're driving home from Chicago. The GPS sent us through Canada, and he goes, uh, "Okay, well, what are you doing there?" I was like, "We're comedians. We're doing a comedy show." And he goes, "Okay, tell me a joke." Uh, no. I swear to God. And I was like, well, do you want like a nice sweet joke or like kind of a dirty joke? And I'm driving. So he's talking right to me. Yeah. He goes, I want kind of a dirty joke. So I go, okay. So I told him a street joke that I heard from Frank Sandarelli, Boston comedy comedian and legend. And he says, uh, so the joke is, um, uh, a traveling salesman rings the door to a, a home. Answering the door is a 14 year old boy in, in a cocktail dress, black cocktail dress, holding a lit cigarette in one hand and a half-empty martini glass in the other hand, full makeup, high heels. The salesman, obviously flustered, says, I'm sorry, son. Is your mother home? And the kid says, the fuck do you think? (laughs) (laughs) And the guy, the customs guy goes, I get it, because of the cigarette. Okay, well, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And just sends us on our way. He goes, wait, he goes, wait. You didn't buy any booze in Canada, did you? And we go, no. And he goes, well, I hope you make it someday. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so nice, sweet. but also, would be like, it could have gone the other way. Very badly, yeah. Wow. It was, we were very <laughs> lucky. No Tell me a joke never goes, I remember one time I was, uh, yeah. I was at a wedding, and I'm hammered, and I was sitting on a girl, and she's like, and, and she had seen me at a show before, so she's like, tell my, tell my grandpa a joke, and I'm hammered, oh, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to wreck <laughs> my brain for a joke, yeah. and, and the brain that pops, you don't want to tell your own jokes, so you tell a street joke, so this is a joke that pops into my head. Uh, it's a the guy's hammered at the bar, and uh, and he shits his uh, no. Oh, I just gave it away. Fuck. I gave away Try the punchline. Try again. Line. Okay, we'll pretend we didn't hear that. Okay, he's he's hammered at the bar, and he pukes all over himself, and he's like, and the, and he says, uh, "Fuck, what am I gonna do? My wife's gonna kill me if she knows I'm drunk." He's like, "Just say some other guy uh, puked on you, and that way you can, you know." And he put a ten dollar bill in your front pocket and say he gave you the money for the dry cleaning. And he's like, "That's a great idea." So he goes home. His wife's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And he's like, "Some guy puked on me. He put a ten dollar in my front pocket." And uh, he did it for that. And, and she goes, there's a $20 bill here. And he goes, he also shed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so I told this joke to an old 80-something-year-old man. And he just goes, I like gold clean comedians. <laughs> oh, no. So I did not close the deal with that girl <laughs> that night. Unpopular. And I never saw her again. <laughs> I didn't realize that's a good thing to do. You just pull out a street joke. You don't tell your own. Yeah, Yeah. you can't. Because they don't want that. An old man doesn't want an observational chunk. I'll do that next time I'm on a plane with my guitar on my back and somebody's like, can you play us a song? I'll just be like, like, yeah. Happy I know birthday. Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh so hard that he that you went into the wrong state because I did that to Joe List once on a road gig years ago. We did a road gig. We fly into the wrong state on the wrong day and it's all my fault because I got the itinerary and I just Are misread you serious? it. He was like, I am fucking mad. I've heard about that. Was that that trip you guys had to drive a bunch and oh, shit like that? It was brutal. Yeah, I've heard about that trip. <laughs> he has so never let me forget it. So you? you flew into the wrong where did you, where were you supposed to be? It wasn't like as bad as he made it seem, but it was yeah. like <laughs> Neighboring state? I think it was like the gig was in Wisconsin and we flew into Michigan or something like that. Oh, okay. Understandable. And then, so what, then you rented <laughs> a car. They sound a lot alike. Then you, sounded, <laughs> then you rented a car and drove? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then I revealed to him that I'm a terrible driver and he drove <laughs> the whole way. That's my favorite part of the story. <laughs> yeah, that's what he oh, focuses on. Oh, he focuses on the series of near-death Well, I told him I can drive, but I'm not good at making turns. <laughs> 
and, uh, and he worst. was like, and he was like, I hate you. I fucking hate you. He told me that he genuinely hated me for like a long time, and then like he warmed up to me. Making turns. Uh, the most important part of driving, unless you're like trying to start a new life somewhere far away. Yeah, and yeah, at some point you, you still got to turn. Mm-hmm. But this up. is to say what a charming man you are. You have won. Joe, Joe talks about that and then now professes his love for you. Yeah, bro. Yeah. What can you say? He's likable. So, Josh, tell us more about, like, you said you moved to New York City and you wanted a job in New York City. Did you move specifically for that gig from Boston? No, I've been here for a few years. So okay. I, I was I, – I came here in 2011 and then I was – just doing stand-up and writing little freelance magazine stuff here and there, uh, which is also a lot oh, you of fun. were touring, too. Yeah. I was touring. Yeah, I was also Esquire. on the road. We did, yeah, we did. We had a great weekend in Atlanta. That yeah. was uh, taunting Falcons well, fans, Where were you right? guys supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> I have had it with his smug delivery. He was really sitting on that one. <laughs> that was classic Hanley crowd work 101. But yeah, we had a fun time. Uh, yeah, that was really fun. We were you were wearing a Giants jersey. It was a Giants Falcons playoff game, right? Yeah, we were at the and, bar. and Josh came to the bar with me, and we didn't really get that much shit to talk to us. About no, I we were both kind of mad about that. We were bummed. I was I was ex- expecting shit, but yeah, no. from we who just, fans? Yeah, from but they're fans. just soft oh. fans in Atlanta. You heard it, Atlanta. You want to say something? <laughs> say it to my face. I ain't scared of you. We were there. We tried. We tried. We wanted them to say it to our faces. Uh, so then I spent like 2013 doing a lot of applying for writing jobs and I ended up doing a little tiny bit of work for Billy on the street and Ah. yeah, and that was really fun. Is he a nice guy? He's awesome. Yeah. We, I was only in the office very briefly, but we had like a really cool, like I had a meeting with him where he was just like super, like, I, I appreciate when anyone is like kind and also business. Like, so he, he was like, what are your ideas? And I was like, here are the ones that I brought. And he's like, cool. I really like these. Like. Uh, and then one of them, he was like, this would be really fun, but I don't think it would work for this reason. But like, do we have, can we rework it? So it's something else. And I was like, oh, that's like a really constructive criticism. So I always appreciate that when people aren't like tearing you down for the sake of tearing you down, but also aren't like, it's great. And then you never hear it. Yeah. 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 Super straightforward. And like, like Hanley will be nice to you on the podcast, but the second you leave, I mean, he's just a shit talker. It's Mm -hmm. unbearable, but also I deserve it. (laughs) Would you ever write for an episodic or yeah, totally. I mean, I really like my job uh, now and I'm not trying to like bounce, but it was, I, I like all kinds of smushing words together. So well, you had a fun. Comedy Central thing lined up before this, didn't you? Like you, some, some oh, show? I almost did one. Yeah, I was gonna just write on a pilot for them for a few weeks, but it didn't end up working out. I, I feel like I remember we had a conversation. We're talking because people don't understand. I guess if you haven't done it, writing packets for shows can be frustrating because you work for a week or two weeks on the show and then you hand it in. And it's understandable why the process works like this. Pro- process? What do you guys say? Process? Yeah, process. process. But I like process. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like we say pretentious Canadian. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, then Canada, you just never just hear Canadian. You, just, Canadian. you never That's hear it. about it. You never hear back. But I remember we were having a conversation yeah. about we were commiserating about writing packets. And then next thing I know, you got this great job um, with the John Oliver show. Thank you. I know. Yeah, dream job. It's really, I mean, it's really exciting it's a real nice feeling of like oh i'm doing it yeah the thing i wanted to you're do you're doing, doing a lot yeah. you're, you wrote a book you have a cd thank you you used to be a teacher mm-hmm. what made you switch out of teaching preschool i left i knew it was getting to the point where like i was taking off more and more time to travel and i really liked teaching but it was just kind of like well i can always teach 
And I feel like while I have this opportunity, I should like see if I can be a comedian full time. And I, I uh, haven't gone back to teaching. So that's, I think, a good thing for my comedy career and probably for the, the children. How did you know you were would be a good joke writer? I, I was already doing stand-up. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, he won. Like, well, he won the Laughing Skull Festival in Atlanta, which was like a big right. deal because he, he won. You won the year before I won. Yeah, and, and you got a ton of road work out of it. Yeah, that's right? when I, mean, I that kind of got you. Travel. That yeah. kind of got you like started moving out of. Absolutely, that was like 2010, and so I was leaving more and more and scheduling and taking summers off as a year on program, and I would take the summer off, and then I was in a relationship that was like pretty rooted to Boston, and we broke up, and I was like, okay, it's time I should try leaving. Uh, and it it's been really good. And I've I've it's been very fortunate again. Where do you live? Where I, what's your address? <laughs> I li- I lived in Harlem for my first three and a half years, and I just moved to Williamsburg. How is New York compared to Boston, in uh, your mind? I like it. I like Boston because it feels very cozy to me. So like when I'm there, I'm like, oh, this place from my youth, and like you know, yeah. I drive around, and it's like everything is really physically geographically close to itself and to everything else and in but in new york i like that like you can get something to eat after 11 p.m (laughs) and like uh you see people that aren't white and (laughs) like it's just there are a lot of benefits and just like i'm glad you like that hanley hates it Uh, and so, oops, sorry. Um, I'm Canadian. We we don't have racism in Canada. <laughs> you don't have. You only yeah, 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 we decided not to. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, taking some relationshipy questions? Or can, questions before we do that, general? can I ask him yeah. one other question? Please. What are your What are your favorite shows on TV? Man, I oh, really yeah. I love Bob's Burgers. Okay, uh, I haven't seen it, but I hear oh, it's, it's terrific. so great. It's just like is that Scott Jacobson? Is he? Or? Yeah, I yeah, think it is. I think he is there. Yeah, and they make Archer those guys too, right? It's John Benjamin. I don't know if it's the same other uh, people. I might. I I couldn't speak to it. John John Benjamin isn't is wrote Bob's Burgers. No, no, no. He's oh, just he's the just, voice. He's yeah, in the, it. Okay. he's got like yeah. the best voice. Yeah, ever. he's amazing. Yeah, he's got a he's great voice. So funny. I remember my Doctor Katz back in the day. Yeah, Doctor Katz uh, home movies, which I feel oh, like yeah. is due for like a some kind of re celebration. It's so funny. Um, Bob's that's, Burgers. That's the one I always come back to. I have to catch up on Better Call Saul. I like. I, st- I, like I, like better call I thought it was great. Yeah, and there's just so there's I like don't between being at work and then doing stand up. There's like and Maris watches everything without me. Is <laughs> so, that your girlfriend? Yeah. So I always uh, I always feel like I'm behind on like every TV show. I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine too. I saw one episode and it was hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, I um, love Chelsea Pretty. Do you um, watch? The new Aziz one, modern. I haven't yet. The um, Master, Master of, of None. None. I really love it. I'm excited it's to watch. Yeah, so it's smart. It's so. I I cried during episode three. I mean, I laughed mm-hmm. and then I cried. It's very touching. I also, smart. I also just like really like stand up. So I, I will, especially if I'm home alone and my girlfriend is out and it's like, oh, we should watch Master of None together. Like I watch. I've been watching like all the specials coming. You guys both wonderful half hour. Thank specials you. Specials on Comedy Central. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I loved them both. Um, I loved the the thing that you closed on. I don't want to like spoil it for people, but that's such a fun bit that I've seen you do live, and I was like, "Oh, great! It oh, looks great!" Cool, yeah, thanks. Funny. That was nerve. I the girl was really good. Yeah, she I got great. really lucky. Yep. Yeah, it's fun when people do different things in their half hour. Super fun. Know? Like those are they make them memorable. Yeah, I always feel like whenever I see 
I'm on a show with Nick Vatterat tonight, and whenever I watch him, I'm like, <laughs> I'm so boring and dumb. Like, he's, he's so funny. Yeah. yeah, he's great, man. So funny. He has that bit about uh, cash of the day, you know, like with a, he's like, you, you, when the waiter says we have our cash of the day, you better sell it to me like it's the catch of the day. Like, <laughs> there I was. <laughs> I'm, and I made eye contact with the fish that killed my father. <laughs> it comes with rice. And I'm butchering. Like, if if that's so funny, funny, think about how funny we, when yeah, an yeah. actual performer can do it. I mean, well, he's so good. He's yeah. great. And his late night sets always have something really fun, like he's, the he's giant not... set list he did oh. on Fallon years ago. Yeah, and so the, weird um, and funny. Guitar. The guitar thing is so funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where he just does nothing with the guitar? Is that it? No. Oh, it, then it, it falls he apart. He comes out. It's like the beginning of one of his Conan sets. He comes out and he goes, I'm going to play a couple songs for you. And then he goes to strum the guitar and it falls into four pieces. And he goes, I'm going to tell a couple stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What about, do you like girls? I haven't watched it. Never? No. I love I feel Silicon like you Valley. would like it. That's my the oh, HBO okay. comedy. I, I couldn't get into good. that. I got to get I into that. that. You know what I'm freaking loving? Is I love the first season, but now I'm loving the second season. Fargo. Fargo. Yes. Dude. It's great. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's like my favorite type of show, too. It's like dark and funny. Yeah. And like, Is Kate not in the second season? She's not. She no. was hot Damn in the first one. I she know. was very Kate attractive. Walsh. We had her on the podcast. She's fantastic. You can listen to two episodes of her on this. She's She's a good friend of mine. A lot of chemistry oh, cool. with Sam and Phil. Just friends. Just uh, <laughs> a lot of explosive chem. But uh, that was yeah. Fargo, Fargo's killing it, and the first season was killer too. But this season, I'm loving also. So. I'm obsessed you like with the this affair. This better than the first season. I, I I just like how different it is. I, I think they're. I don't know. I, yeah. I I like this one a lot. I like. Yeah, I do like it. But Billy Bob was so good. He was so in good the first season. And but the so dude is. That played, like the the nerdy guy. Lester. Oh, Martin uh, Freeman is yeah. his name. Oh, he's amazing. So good. I love that he's guy. He's great. Yeah, he was on the British Office. That guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the difference. This the I got to watch the first season back to back to back to back. Yeah, me too. And this this I'm watching. This one, yeah. I'm waiting. But yeah. dude, Brad, it's got like Brad Garrett on it. And the first season had Key Appeal. It's cool that like yeah. comedians are getting no. these kind of. I need and to watch Oden, was Odenkirk in that too, or no? He was in the first yeah. season. God, Odenkirk yeah, is, is so good. Yeah. He was, he's he was he's so good that he's like become this character actor where you don't even realize it's him sometimes yeah. until like a little later. He's he was amazing. really good in Fargo. Are we going to take relationship Let's take questions some questions. I don't know if we have anything great, but uh, oh, all right. You always do this. The, the energy is your shot. Hello, Anya, yeah. Sam, and Phil, <clears throat> and Josh. I yeah, have a unique... Yeah, pretty rude of them not to mention me. <laughs> yeah. I have a unique dating question that I only think you three, four... Could answer. No. I'm a stand-up, <laughs> stand-up comic in Michigan. I briefly met Phil in Ann Arbor. I did a guest spot. Oh, cool. Didn't we do this question already? Did we? Is this There Carl? were two guys. No, it's a different guy. Oh, okay. No. I've been doing comedy for four years. It's still pretty new to me. That's a great club, by the way. Just a side note. The, uh, Ann Arbor Showcase? I yeah. hear it's good. Oh, my goodness. It's great, man. A few weeks ago, I saw a girl. Uh, she came to my weekly showcase. I run. And we started flirting. I decided to seize the moment and ask her on a date. That went well, and we have gone out a few times. I'm starting to like her. I want to see more of her. She brought up comedy. I was worried she might say, don't talk about me on stage, or maybe she'd want me to limit my stage time or something. Instead, she said she thinks I'm so funny, she doesn't want to get in my way or make me less funny if I need to be single or focus on developing as a comic. I told her I'd be, I'd actually be funnier if I was happy, and if being with her makes common me, misconception. <laughs> if being with her makes me happy, I should pursue that. Have any of you had a partner hold back out of respect for your art? 
How did you oh, deal man. with it? Any yeah. other suggestions? Yeah, yeah. I I know this guy, Phil Hanley, and he's like, if you keep doing stand-up, I'm not going to talk to you. And I was like, well, that's the way it's going to be. Sammy, have you dated someone that has been like, you can't, you know, like, I, like it's, it's an issue that you're yes. doing shows? Really? Yes. I never have. Really? I, yes, and I think it's a really common thing, and I've heard other people say, I've been in relationships where I'm less motivated to to work or whatever, but I've never had them. I've never had it being an issue that I go out and do spots every night, or that it's I'm away like, on the weekends. Or they act like it's not a big deal sometimes, but I can I can just feel it. Like it, it's like you know where they're just like every night they're annoyed you can't. Think. I I'm a little. It changes. Like when you're starting out, you you know how it is. I mean, we're all just hanging out mm-hmm. all night. It's kind of what you got to do. We're all doing that stuff, and now we can kind of pick and choose our spots a little more, which is kind of nice like you have the nice thing about new york is you have set times you if you're in la it's like they're like show up at eight and then mm. they put yeah. you on at like 10 yeah and i'm like, like are you serious what is this yeah what is this holocaust fucking germany the italian guy's back all right so uh <laughs> Thank God. makes weird references they don't make yeah. sense they don't know no. why not but yeah. it's they're not me. they don't make it's sense the, it's, the, it's the character yeah you want to come at me, hit me with that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because uh, during the Holocaust, they were really time sensitive. They were, they, were, they were bad about set time. They were like... Yeah. <laughs> they were like, That's the worst part about the Holocaust. It was just they like, kept you if waiting. you say you're going to be there at 10, yeah. be there at 10. Yeah, MC would go long. <laughs> no, but I mean, so now it's. I think it's gotten easier for us where we can kind of... We're like, all right, we're in and out. I still love to hang out, but I think... I hang out know. more now than I ever did. When you, I first started, I would do spots... In Vancouver, and then I would go and write. Well, Kevin Brennan had this hilarious story about his wife. He was telling us the other night about how, uh, I guess, he, it was the beginning of them dating, and she called the seller and was like, where the hell is he? Because it was like 40 minutes after his set. Yeah. And uh, and he was like, I'm at the, cl- I'm hanging out. This is what we do after shows. Yeah. And she had no idea. She thought he was like lost or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, she was like worried. She was worried. I thought you meant mad. No. That's so, f- oh my gosh, what a sweet human. Yeah. Aww, totally that something was a nice reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said that. <laughs> no, I don't think, uh, I've never had someone be like, your art is too important. To <laughs> I haven't either. That's never. I've had the opposite. Yeah. You're going to write a song like, about me. They don't probably. have it like that. I mean, the way that like you're out every night and for some reason I think dinner is an important meal to the women I've yeah. dated. So it's like, I think dinner is a sign of stability. And, you know, when you can't do that, it becomes a problem sometimes. And That's I, all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. I totally. I could see that. And it's also like. I totally sympathize with it because I've dated people who are or dated women who are just like, oh, this is too much. This is not the lifestyle I want. And it's yeah. like totally like and especially because for us, you know, when, you, when we're at a show hanging out, it's like we're doing the thing we love, per, not only pursuing a dream, working and then seeing friends. Yeah. And so it's like it feels good and it doesn't feel good to be like the person who's waiting uh, you know um, that makes total sense and too, it's yeah it's hard it's rare that you find someone else that is like equally busy at, at night as a comic you have right. to be very patient yeah and 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 i understand that dating a comic someone like a, it's not easy in the right the thing i have that problem the writing people don't understand the writing thing because they'll be they'll they'll be like i'm like i gotta work and they're like you're sitting listening to the dead i'm like yeah no but i'm like i'm thinking you're thinking. playing with yourself with a belt around <laughs> your neck you're not writing you're like shut up shut up yeah so much of Feels the creative abusive. process is just downtime <laughs> what's that so much of the creative process looks like downtime yeah 
Like I've talked to some of my friends in bands and who is it? My friend Courtney Taylor Taylor, who sings for the Dandy Warhols. He's like, oh, so many songs have been written while vacuuming. I'm like, right? That's when I get a lot of my A woman's done. place What's is it? vacuuming and He's cooking and you come up with ideas. He's a guy. That's it doesn't a progressive, sound like a guy to me. That's the progressive like hateful character I'm doing. Uh, you said you had to leave, Phil, so we should wrap it up. Yeah. But um, I, I don't think know if you guys I also. It on me on air, you but, guys yeah. missed. You guys, I like it. I like a, the tension. What about the point that you guys all glossed out? You're all talking about time constraints. What about the whole, like, hey, don't write a joke about me kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, I'm like, don't. Yeah. If you can't handle the heat, then get out of the fucking Have kitchen. Have you ever had a partner be like, I'm going to step back because I want you to have creative freedom and be able to write about whatever you want to write about? I think I, I've done jokes. I, the girl I'm seeing right now, I have a joke about her right now that I think is like, it's worth her being mad at me. It's that funny. <laughs> so I, I, I think you just kind of weigh that situation and then you'd be like, can I please do the joke? And right. she's like, yeah. They always say yes in the end. So just don't yeah. be a dick You can just about say it. like my ex or whatever and people don't. Yeah, that's, I've <laughs> that's done that. Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, I also, I have like a long story that I tell about my girlfriend, but it's like a very sweet story in general. I feel like when I start writing jokes about someone I'm dating that I don't, that they would be mad at, I'm like, oh, we should break up. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. We've yeah. hit that point. Josh is a better person than us, so and that should be documented. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say I mean, that. Phil is I wouldn't not say a good us. human being. I would not no, say you're that. not. I think you Josh think and I are about the same caliber. No, no, no. You confuse dressing well with being good. You're not a good person. No, Josh and I are the same type of guy. But yeah, I agree with your, the sentiment about you. Um, <laughs> Underhanded Canadian rudeness. I, I, I feel bad. I, I do. I do. I have to boogie. Grab Josh's Stop calling it book. boogie. I have to boogie. I'm Phil. Josh has a book called You Blew It yeah, that I he co-wrote. Co-wrote it with my friend Joe Berkowitz. He's very funny, and it's out in stores. Uh, grab his CD, which is called... Everything's the Best. Right? Follow him on Twitter at Josh Gondelman. Also, uh, You Blew It is what Phil calls a green room in his feature. <laughs> also, follow Modern Seinfeld. Is it at... Mo- at Seinfeld Today. At Seinfeld Today. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, Josh, you've got... What else? The Comedy Corner Underground this weekend in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and the East Village in New York City on December 7th as part of the Miss Manhattan Reading Series oh, yeah, at the Niagara true. Bar. And his album. My album recording. Oh, yeah. I can. I have a couple dates. I think I, there's just too much on my website. That's where you pulled it from. Can I? Can I yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Comedy Corner, Minneapolis, December 4th and 5th. Uh, I'm doing a taping of Night Train for... CISO, that NBC digital platform on They're December doing a 7th. lot now. Yeah, it seems like they're really coming on strong. Uh, Boston, album recording December 17th, and then DC, December 19th at um, Beer, uh, it's gosh, what are they called? Last Resort Comedy is the website, and that'll have the venue on it. Okay, great. And check out Josh's great articles. He's been in Esquire, New York Magazine, and McSweeney's at Josh Gondelman, G-O-N-D-E-L-M-A-N.com. Phil, you'll be in Montreal on New Year's Eve. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm recording an album at the Comedy Mix in Vancouver on uh, uh, 4th, 56th of February. Also, please check out my uh, half-hour special on Comedy Central, which is on demand, and it's also on uh, Comedy Central. And mine. Uh, website. Sam Morel. Yeah, and check out Sammy's, too. And also, I'm at the... Uh, Come and take it, Comedy Fest in Houston on uh, February. Going after the 20th. You Blew It Fest, where Phil is uh, well, that's the one really that making people work. <laughs> Follow at Phil M for Marie Antoinette, Michelle Hanley. Williams. Follow <laughs> Sam Morell, S A M M O R R I L C Sam 
Buy his CD. Yeah, Class, class Act, Act, iTunes, and uh, I'm going to be in Hartford at the Funny Bone December 26th and 27th. And I am going to be, I think I'm doing another show in New York with uh, lady comedian Beth Stelling. And <laughs> I hate you so much. Bad things you on your subway ride down. Um, and then, so look out for that early January, late December in New York. And it's either getting a little for Then I got uh, Toledo Labs Inc. Uh, January 8th and 9th. And uh, the last one, I'm going to say. If you bolderize me one more fucking time, I will. I go! will. I will out Come on, let's for go. all the abuse he has done. <laughs> let's 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 do do you, do do your April show and let's go. And then uh, <laughs> and then I'm doing the DC Draft House in New Room January 21st through the 23rd. Okay. And I have more coming up, but uh, Phil, I can't fucking say because I'm in the midst of. Phil, go ahead. Uh, no, you, you have something to say. I'm just waiting to do that buy thing. Yeah, oh, something to say. Yeah. Uh, please pre-order my album, Paper Plane, at AnyaMarina.com. I'll be announcing lots of tour dates soon, and uh, that's about it. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming thank in. You, You're a great guy. We love you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. We love you guys, and we know nothing. Bye. Bye. Bye.